The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Oh, how the tides have turned for David. Once a mighty conquering king to now being a king in exile. This week, we will explore 2 Samuel chapter 16 and 17. As always, be blessed and enjoy. So welcome back, everyone, to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your host, Nakaz Gay. <laughs> and Earl Roberts II. I usually don't say that sometimes. Either way, either here or there, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. We appreciate the feedback, the thoughts, the well wishes, the prayers. Um, definitely, again, if you enjoy our content, share it with others because it helps us grow and we are growing also, I remember this week, I need to work on the Patreon, so I am slacking. Oh. But don't worry, coming soon. Oh. So Weekly Thought, I'm going to keep it quick, right? But who knows, it'll be as quick or as long as it needs to be. But I was thinking of Hebrews 11, right? And Hebrews 11 comes, it, it, it talks about faith. Another thing, we didn't even do that faith episode yet that we promised from like last year, but who's keeping yeah, count? Yeah, time <laughs> Who's in, keeping time count? In. So, but... Hebrews 11.1, 1, it just starts off with, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. For it was by elders obtained good testimony. For, we, for by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. And the reason why I like that so much, right? And Hebrews 11 further goes on to explain that how it took faith for a lot of the patriarchs that we covered in Genesis, even up to now, even David, to have faith that in the Lord's promises, because a lot of them weren't even alive to actually see the fulfillment of that promise. It's like we read the Bible now and we we talk about it in essence, right? But think about it. Even for Abraham, he never really, yes, he had many sons that we pointed out. Check out the fresh air fact, right? But did he live to see his sons be as numerous as the stars in the sky? Mm. No, he just had the faith that that would happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like Moses, he had to have faith that the children were actually going to make it into the promised land. He actually had the faith they were going to get let, let go by Pharaoh. But even if you remember, because Moses and even, even like Pharaoh, he actually lived through that. So it, I took faith initially, but he actually saw a fulfillment of it. But now if you think about it, Moses never entered the promised land. He died before they entered. So he had to actually have faith that they're going to make it. And so like the evidence of themes hoped for like substance of things hopeful. Yeah, the substance of things hopeful and the and the and and um the evidence of things not seen. Because think about it, like why I like it so much because like faith and hope goes together, right? But it's the it's the substance of things hopeful. Like you hope for you hope this is gonna happen, but you don't see it yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like your dream, like you hope your dream is gonna come true, but you you're not there, you're not around to see it. But that's like the essence of faith. 
Like faith is putting your your trust and your belief that something will happen. And mm. it's through faith we understand that what is written in the word of God will be understood. And man, a lot of people bash the Bible and this that's that's no no surprise. Like surprise. Like a lot of people bash the Bible because they say like we can't empirically prove the Bible. Mm. And man, it's so crazy. So yeah, I'm a nerd, right? So I I watched this whole documentary. It's gonna sound so stupid to say, <laughs> right? But like how calculus was invented. Because a lot of people just think calculus just came from Sir Isaac Newton. Mm. He took a bunch of mathematical concepts and kind of formalized it into calculus, but calculus was actually people were actually using the concept of calculus before Isaac Newton, right? But it takes like what 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 is one? You know what I'm saying? What is two? Mm-hmm. If someone tells you one plus one equals two, like you you say you believe that, right? But you don't even know the theory behind it. But you have faith that this this is gonna is gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Like you have faith. I put one and one and two and one plus one in the calculator. It's gonna come up to two, right? But you don't understand what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like I like everything in life takes a level of faith behind it. That's so far. You know what I'm saying? Like no matter what you put your belief in, it takes faith to believe what you believe. Now, you can justify your beliefs in your own rationalization and say, oh, I can back this up. But at the end of the day, it takes some level of faith to put your trust in. Like, if you believe in the Big Bang, something that you can't see, and you hear people believe that they can say that, oh, we can quantify it, oh, we can grab a telescope and look back and try to see the beginning of time, that takes faith because you weren't around for the Big Bang. And... To me, I would like to put my personal faith in believing that there is a God who constructed the universe, who spoke and it came into existence, who is the architect of this world, and that I just didn't, by happen chance, came from a cloud of dust that no one could explain what caused the Big Bang and what was before the Big Bang. So, man, like we talked about last episode, like the name of God, I am the existence. And to me, that should we should have faith in that. Like God can sustain all. You know what I'm saying? Like the name of God can sustain all. At the level of faith, and we need to know we're putting our faith behind. So, I mean, it's one thing to say have faith, but when you actually dig in to see what having faith means and the deepness of it and what it actually like stands for, I think it's even a more powerful thing because we all have a level of faith, and it's just. The faith, the green, the side of a mustard seed can move a mountain. And, and to me, that's powerful because God is saying, man, I don't know if you have anything to say, else to say about it because I know it's a lot. But I know, like, I was going to read this, like, in verse 6 in Hebrews 11. It, it stuck out to me again. Like, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm. And to me... Like, what stuck out to me, it didn't say that it's hard to please God without faith. It said that it's impossible. impossible. You know what I'm saying? Impossible. Like, impossible essentially saying, not essentially, impossible is saying, like, without faith in God, you can't please God. You know what I'm saying? Because you have to have faith in He exists to even have a relationship with Him. So, yeah, man. Yeah, and, and I just feel like, Going on, I'm on Twitter a lot. And, you know, you're on Twitter, you're on YouTube, even Facebook. 
you get to see people telling you the truth behind this or the truth behind that. Mm-hmm. And some of the things people explain is just, I want to call it idiotic, but I know I only can say that because I believe in the Bible. I have faith in the Bible. So that kind of eliminates a lot of these other theories and stuff that people be saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you you just tend to realize that people have faith in a lot of things. It's, it's some people out there that um, their whole, their, like, they love discovering the hidden truth behind these things. Oh, let me tell you the truth behind this, you know, the truth behind it. Oh, you know, this was really this, you know. And and my thing is, bro, you guys have faith in so much stuff, bro. Like, you have faith that the publication that you're reading is telling the truth. Okay, because I was actually going to say some theories, but I, I liked how you kept it. Right, like, <laughs> Good. yeah, like, you have, faith, you have faith that this is actually accurate and, like, to a large degree, bro, a lot of our mindsets and ideologies, it have to be faith like it's enough to be faith based. Like you read a history book. How you know this person ain't lying, bro? How you know this uh, person is a credible source in any type of way? Like, who are you? You know what I'm saying? Were you there? Is this an eyewitness account? XYZ? Like a lot of the criticisms people give for Christianity, you could like apply that to everything in the world. Like and I, I about to go a little bit off topic, but even when people say, I don't believe in Jesus because black people was enslaved, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, where was Jesus when black people was enslaved? Where was Buddha when black people was enslaved? You know what I'm saying? Mercy. Like, where was Vishnu? Where was all, where was, where, like, to me, like, a lot of times you got to realize when people are talking Christianity, a lot of their arguments are very shallow and it boils down to, where their faith lies. Mm-hmm. I could sit and argue with you why the Big Bang Theory is idiotic. You could sit and argue with me why you think Christianity is idiotic. But I'll tell you, bro, I can prove. I Well, like my boy Richard, you don't like when I say, like I can say don't like, but he say, like people try to refute, refute if something is proof. You know what I'm saying? I can provide evidence mm-hmm. to support that this is this book is divine. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And since I know that, I have faith in this book you know what I'm saying? Like, I have fa- I have faith in the divinity of this book. And as a result, I have faith in Jesus Christ in our religion. But, you know, some people, they they allow the shallowness of the world and just, just false ideologies to, to cause them to be lazy and not to dig deep, like extremely deep beyond a shadow of doubt. You know what I'm saying? In what you believe. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to say to each his own, but I can't because, like, our salvation is on the line when it comes to this stuff, bro. Like, yeah, that's a big fact, man. It, like, it, it's a super big fact. Like, it's cute to say we need to have an episode on faith, right? And the reason why I want to have an episode on faith really and truly is because, like, it's so, it's such an important thing that people don't really understand and grasp. You know what I'm saying? Like, faith is super important. Like, what you believe determines how you carry yourself in life, how you stand up against the enemy. You know what I'm saying? Like, Man, we have what? The sword of the spirit and the shield of faith? Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. Like, your, your faith is your defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, your faith is your defense against the enemy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, if, you have, if you don't have a strong faith, you have no defense. I mean, one, you got, if you, and think about it, it's so funny. If you have faith, 
you believe in the word and you have the sword of the spirit instantly. You know what I'm saying? So without in this case, it's almost like the best off the best defense is the best offense at this point because if you don't have the faith, you don't have the offense because there's no way you're gonna have the sword of the spirit if you don't have the shield of faith. Mm-hmm. That's true. They literally go hand in hand. Sure. If you don't if you don't believe in the word, like you're not gonna know the word, you're not gonna study the word. You know? Exactly. And man, it's just so interesting, man, because when your faith is weak, you start to fall for the Oh, did you know this? Yada, yada, yada. That, and that's that, you know, that's at the at the core of what I was what I was talking about, bro. Like, yeah. So I mean, I just really encourage everyone to read Hebrews eleven because it really gets into like different patriarchs. Gets to, gets into Noah, like how Noah had to operate in faith to build the ark because he's never seen a storm before, but he had to trust that God was actually sending a storm to do this for one hundred and twenty years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. Same thing with Abraham. We talk about Abraham leaving the country. We talk about Abraham sacrificing Isaac. But then at the end of Hebrews 11, it actually gets interesting. Because they talk about people who actually got, man, it's so interesting because it kind of reminded me of like things to come in the last days. Like, okay, like, uh, pardon me. I'm going to just jump to, man, in verse 32. And what more shall I say for, th- for the time will fail, will fail me to tell the story of Gideon, Barak, Samson, uh, Je- Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms and through worked righteousness obtained promises stopped the mouths of lions quenched the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness and were made strong became valiant burnt I mean valiant turned turned flight the enemies of aliens anyway women received their dead raised to life again others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourging. Yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. I just kind of sound like John the Baptist is part of specifically being desolate, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in the deserts and the mountains in dens and caves of, of the earth. All these having obtained the good testimony through faith did not receive the promise, good having pro- God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. I mean, so it, like it's showing that, yo, people, because of their faith, they were persecuted. Like you will be persecuted because of your faith. Mm-hmm. But that did not discourage them because they had the hope for something better. And God will keep his promises and his word won't return to us void. So, again, I mean, I kind of butchered Hebrews 11 just now, but to me, it's a, it's a beautiful piece of passage. talks about faith, and it really just puts things in perspective. And it shows you, like, yo, just because you have faith doesn't mean the road's going to be easy. And we just know being a follower of Jesus, the road isn't going to be easy in itself either. But it doesn't give you a right to have any less faith. Mm-hmm. Amen. That was probably the longer from our, our thoughts. But, you know, hey, many faith episode. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> so we are in 2 Samuel chapter, as I pull it up, chapter 16? 16, yeah. Chapter 16, I'm going to let you give a recap of what happened last week. Oh, yeah. So last week, basically in layman's terms, well, in young people's terms, Absalom going crazy. <laughs> Absalom has revolted against his father, you know. and shiesty man. Yeah, no, no, no. He... You know, burning down the uh, Joab, his cousin, 
field just to get his attention. Nah. Vicked, right. as people would say. As soon as he got in his father's good graces, he decided to campaign mm-hmm. among the people, getting mm-hmm. their amazing graces, you feel me? Win their hearts Win over. Win their hearts over. They start to love him. A spectacular politician. And then he tells his father, I, hey, I got, I give, I, I said this oath before the Lord, you know, and I got to go to Hebron, you know, to fulfill this oath. And when, mm-hmm. he go on to, when he go on to Hebron, he said the word out that he had become king over Hebron. Mm-hmm. And when David got um, wind of that, David fled the city because he knew that Absalom was more than likely planning to kill David at his earliest convenience. Mm-hmm. And so now David is on the run and Absalom is strengthening himself with David's counselors, namely Abiathar. And yeah, that's where we are. But so basically, the kingdom is in disarray. David has left his throne. He is in. He is on the run once again, like when he was before. And here we are in Second Samuel chapter sixteen. Yep. So in verse one, when David was a little past the top of the mountain, Mount of Olives, there was Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth. You remember these people, right? Mephibosheth, the Grandson, son. Yeah, Jonathan's son, Saul's grandson, who mm-hmm. was lame in both feet, mm-hmm. who David showed kindness towards. A lot of kindness. Right, by bringing... So Mephibosheth was seen... Mephibosheth described himself as a dead dog mm-hmm. because his, his family wasn't in power no more. They wasn't kings no more, and Mephibosheth was lame, you know? And David... In both feet. In both feet, you know? And David showed him kindness by allowing him to sit at his table and making sure that he is... Taking care of David gave Ziba the task of taking care of all of Mephibosheth's daily works, like taking over the field and stuff like that. So Mephibosheth was basically like royalty, sitting at his table every day. Exactly. He was literally like one of the king's sons. Right. So who is Ziba, the servant Mephibosheth, who met him with a couple of saddled donkeys, and on them were 200, lo- 200 loaves of bread. 100 clusters of raisins, 100 summer fruits, and a skin of wine. And, and the king said to Ziba, what do you mean with these? So Ziba said, the donkeys are for the king's household to ride on. The bread and summer fruit are for the young man to eat. The wine for those who are faint in the wilderness to drink. The king said, and where is your master's son? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is staying in Jerusalem. For he said, Today the house of Israel will restore the kingdom of my father to me. Mm. So the king said to Ziba, Here, all that belongs to Mephibosheth is yours. And Ziba said, I humbly bow before you, that I may find favor in your sight, my lord, O king. Mm. Just like that. So you can see people's ambition just oozing out of them. David showed Mephibosheth kindness, right? Now, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why Mephibosheth feels ill against, to, against David, but I'm sure he has a reason. I'm sure he feels like David usurped the throne from his family, even though his family just rightfully died. You know what I'm saying? And David was um anointed. Like, mm-hmm. David ain't... This wasn't his doing. You know what I'm saying? David was anointed. But David showed Mephibosheth kindness when he did not have to. But he was holding on to, he was fulfilling a promise that David made with Mephibosheth's father, Jonathan, who was David's best friend. Now, at David's, at while David is going through his mess, and once again, this is self-inflicted upon David because David, you know, this is a 
results of his actions. Mephibosheth say, my David on the run, his son trying to kill him, this and that and the third. Oh, today is the day when my family could be back in power. So basically everybody using this as a time to advance their own ambitions. And I feel like this is a slap in the face to David because like you you, was, you treat Mephibosheth so good. So, question. Do you think Mephibosheth actually betrayed David? Or was this guy just being opportunistic since he knew David was in a low place? Mephibosheth, you talking about, right? No, Zebo. Zebo? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think Zebo was being op- opportunistic. I think Mephibosheth actually betrayed David. Mm, okay. I seriously believe that. Okay. Because I, I, I just can't see you not being have an animosity towards David, regardless if David was innocent or not. Mm-hmm. David is a representation of what your family used to have, mm-hmm. you know? And then, guess what? If you truly feel like you're the rightful heir to the throne, because you are, bro, blood, uh, in terms of bloodline, by, blood. by he's bloodline... A, he's, a, he's a strong claim to the throne. You're a strong claim to the throne. And I if I don't know if y'all know this, but I love medieval movies. I love Viking movies. I mention this all mm-hmm. the time. I, mean, I have to refrain myself from talking about this, but mm-hmm. I see this happen in, in these situations as well. Mm-hmm. The king might die, and his brother take the throne, even though the king's son is the rightful heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. And that's just because people are being opportunistic. Now, Zeba, I do think Zeba is disloyal to Mephibosheth because Zeba going out his way to pamper the king during his time of trouble mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But Zeba really low-key trying to be a snitch too. Yeah, yeah. Where, where Mephibosheth? Oh, yeah, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth running around trying to be king. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like if Zeba is being deceitful, we're going to find out later on in the story and I don't recall that being the case but yeah I think Mephibosheth is actually trying to and the Bible may have gave us context but Zeba secretly was lying da, 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 you know mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't have that but I, I think Mephibosheth is actually really just trying to if the king if the kingdom is 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 up for grabs Mephibosheth feel like it's now or never for me you know for me to ever be king so yeah that's that's, that's how I feel so and to your point, Second Samuel 19, they actually talk about Zeba. Zeba actually being oh, opportunist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, okay. Because I just, I just remember that because like in here, like that, that's why he left. Uh-huh. He left Mephibosheth behind because he knew, okay, David in a low place, I could try to take these gifts to try to get the land from Mephibosheth. Mm. So David, again... David's in a vulnerable place right now. Mm-hmm. You just lose your top chief advisor. You learn all these other places. And <laughs> so now it's like a blow. Because think about it now. It's Jonathan's son. Right. I showed this man kindness. So now you a servant mm-hmm. come and telling me, oh, Mephibosheth. So you kind of hurt. You're just acting like, wait, Mephibosheth too? Man, everything I give him is yours now. Right. And, and okay. All right. So now that I have that piece of information... And see, fam, this is just y'all seeing me in real time, how I digest my what's mind. going on in the story, because I, I don't remember that. I don't and remember. we had no pre-epic, like, we had no pre-talking pre, pre, about yeah, this yeah, chapter yeah. right That's fine. That's fine, right. right, bro. But I don't, I don't actually remember Zebra. I guess I was so engulfed with, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, Absalom and then David's children, whatever. I don't remember. I don't recall that story. But, um, like to me, it's almost a perfect crime because you know this is some this is so believable. Like that's mm-hmm. why that's why David actually buy mm-hmm. what Zeba's saying too. Because like I could I, Nikaz, I personally could see mm-hmm. Mephibosheth have an ambition like that. Mm-hmm. But is Zebu really have ambition? And let me tell you why that makes sense. 
Zebra was minding his own business when Mephibosheth rolled around and David was like, hey, you, you take care of everything. You take care of everything. everything and yep. then give Mephibosheth all of the reward that mm-hmm. you gain. So basically you working for free. Mm-hmm. You working on the field and all and, and everything that the field produce. It's Mephibosheth's It's Mephibosheth's own. And his sons. And yeah. his sons. Yeah. You know, so all right. Yeah, okay. When we get to Second Samuel 19, we're going to get into that part. But it's actually interesting because Mephibosheth actually showed kindness towards Zebra. Mm. Even because this is plot twist, David was back in Jerusalem now. But yeah, it's, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. I actually can't wait for that now, bro. Because <laughs> I, I, I secretly feel like Mephibosheth would be jealous because I think I would be jealous, especially if I was lame. Yeah, I would I just mean, feel like so life like, ain't going my way. I know we talk about this in another episode too, yeah. right? It's like, sure, but at the same time, I think he might be pacified because, like, because cool you show me love, yeah. You show me love when I use the least person. I least expected you to show me love, and you show me love. And he worked it out for him too. Like you, 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 you sitting at the king's table eating, like bro. Literally everything you would have had, I gave to you. Right. So you weren't missing nothing. And theoretically, right now you wouldn't be king either way because your daddy would be on the throne. Fox. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. right now you literally living the lifestyle you would be living right now. Right. And if your daddy didn't die, Ishbosheth. Might have been, might have been on the throne, bro. Like exactly. it's a long line before we get to you, bro. Like, exactly. Ishbosheth might have had children, and you end up not being the king. Getting I mean, pushed down the line. Yeah, true. So Zebra was a little opportunist right there, but David again was operating off of the information that he had at the time, which was, bro, my kingdom is going to ruin. Everyone's betraying me. I'm hurt that I'm losing one of my valiant. Zebra got me in all this time because, <laughs> like, I, while I was saying it, I'm like, bro, okay. Why he going through so much to kiss up to to give to give that news? But I just thought that I was saying, all right, I was I was serving this man, mm-hmm. and he is he's a traitor this whole time. I can't wait uh-huh. to be absolved from my duties. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, okay, cool. So, um, Bing, 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 first five, first five. Now this guy, Shemai. Now when King David came to Barium. I might have said that pronounced that wrong. My apologies. There was a man from the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shemai, the son of Gera, coming from there. He came out cursing continuously as he came. So he had a bone to pick. That's why I thinking Mephibosheth was, bro, think about it, bro. The whole, the whole Saul clan was left of him. They mod. They mod David, bro. They disgruntled. Right, because think about it. We never have a Shemai person. Mm-hmm. We th- I, th- I thought Mephibosheth was the only person even remotely related to Saul that was still alive. This Shimei person was on his best behavior the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now at his earliest convenience, he's he really showing his true colors. Cussing up a storm. For sure. All right. And he threw stones at David. <laughs> this is the king still, you know. Like, all right, David, like, David could have the demeanor. I might not be on my throne, but I still could kill you and not go to jail, bro. Like, I still could kill you and be absolved from this. Now, this world. used to be a, this used to be like a joke, right? The queen, who recently passed away, they were saying that, yo, if you go in the queen's castle and, bro, she kill you with the sword, bro, nothing's going to happen to her. Mm-hmm. So you better be on your best paper when you go in there. Exactly. <laughs> and so, but Shimei, I think he feels emboldened, bro. I think the writing is on the wall that David is going to lose his throne one way or, or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now everyone just, oh, we don't got to respect you no more. Right. All right. Zebra really throwing me off, bro. And I, I got to admit, because I read this chapter and I'm like, it makes so much sense, bro. Everybody is turning on David, you know? <laughs> my, ma, my boy, my Zebra playing a trick with him for thousands of years ago. Right. How do you do that? <laughs> 
How you pull that off, bro? He get me it all. Oh man. Oh my. So where was I? I want to midway s- through six. Yeah. He threw he threw stones at David and at all of all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right, was on were on his right hand and on his left. Also, Shimei said thus when he cur- said thus when he cursed, "Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty men, you rogue." I wonder if that's what people start saying. Come out, come out, wherever you are, type thing from. I mean, it's the maybe person. I know a lot of stuff originating in the Bible, bro. So, <laughs> the Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul. In whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of, of Absalom, your son. But I'd be like, but guess who blood that is? Not Saul. Not Saul, bro. And I I mean it's still my blood. If I if I if I put a a good enough request, my son could still kill you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I don't know, bro. Like it don't take rocket science to figure this out, bro. Like, you, you, you. You sacrificing your life to throw rocks at me and speak your mind. And I mean, and it might mean that much to you, bro. Like, you might be ready to die behind this. Exactly. So, so all right, go for it. And we see, okay. So, so now you are, you are caught in your own evil because you are blood, because you are a bloodthirsty man. So, when we see Abishai, who was always ready for the smoke, mm-hmm. said to the king, Why should this dead dog? Mm. Curse my lord the king. Please <laughs> let me go over and take take off his head. <laughs> Abish- Real dog, bro. Why can you imagine Abishai just being calm? Like, you see Abishai always Al- ready. Always, bro. Like, David, David, I understand. I understand you don't want to get your, your hands dirty. This is also David's nephew, uh, by the way. Joab, brother. Exactly. Like, <clears throat> I know you don't want to get your hands dirty. <laughs> Please, bro. I know you want this humble, trusting God thing, right? Mm-hmm. I am more than willing mm-hmm. and very capable yes, to yes. put an end to this. Yes. Because right now, he don't really throw rocks at you. Yeah. He throwing rocks at but me. me. And I and you owe me because you ain't let me kill his relative Saul that time. And I was saying I would strike him once, I would not hit him twice, bro. Exactly. One shot. Sh- nah, all right. I can understand Saul was anointed. Mm-hmm. But, I, but for sure, you could give me this one. Exactly. You could give me shimmy eye. Please. 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 But David said, mm. what have I to do with you, sons of Syria? Yeah, bro. Like, what's wrong with your David, really fed up with the sons of Zeruiah, bro. <laughs> what's wrong with your David, like, bro? my brother Zeruiah, he ain't really do a good job raising no. y'all, bro. <laughs> Like, why y'all so hot-headed? Real dog. Are y'all, are y'all from the tribe of Levi? Like, Simeon and Levi? They I thought you were like, from the tribe of Judah. They act like the sons of thunder. <laughs> oh, my. So, so let him curse. Because the, Lord has, because the Lord has said to him, Curse David. Who then shall say, Why have you done so? <laughs> like David saying, bro, these just words, bro. Yeah, these just words, bro. And, and David feel like he deserve it because, once again, David... Yeah. His, his sin, like David really, like he really... David out, you bloodthirsty man. We all know what you did. Bro! And, and that's the thing. He telling the truth. Bing. So it ain't like he's saying, oh, you usurped the throne, X, Y, Z. He talking about... Mm-hmm. He talking about what David do. Mm-hmm. And so David like, bro, I mean, you could kill him for that, but I mean, he ain't lying. But what's so funny in this whole story, right? The whole David arc. Bro, David 
like we said, like must see like at this point, like five episodes ago, right? Bro, the kingdom of Israel was at its peak up to that point under the reign of David, the mm-hmm. largest. Yep. David killed Goliath at the peak of his empire, killed tens of thousands of Israel's em- enemies, right? All that means nothing to them right no. now, bro. It's what you've done for me lately, bro. It's what you've done for me lately. Like, bro, all your good standing, all that stock you raise up, mm. the people turn on you like that. Mm. I'm like, it's just so interesting. Like, it's just so interesting. People can remember, like, your one mistake bigger than everything else you did. Now, nah, granted, it was a big mess up now. Yeah. It was a big mess up, right? But I'm like, man, mm. am I not human? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just so interesting to me. Like, bro, like, these are the people who were in the streets dancing and shouting, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Singing songs for you. Now everyone's like, mm-mm. mm-mm. They're throwing rocks right before this. He just got off a major conquest, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting, like, point out, like, how even society today, no matter what, no matter how much good things you've done, let you do one bad thing. They are dwelling and locking on to that. <laughs> like, see, and you know what? I don't even know if that's like bad though. And I'll tell you why. Because the opposite is true too when it comes to God. Mm-hmm. So the thief on the cross, he had no, he didn't have a chance to be sanctified. He assum- making an assumption. We we assume that most of his life he was a thief or just person who was just not regarding God. Mm-hmm. But in the last moment, mm-hmm. he was saved. He he asked God to save him and God did save him. And now he's going to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. So we can make the argument that all of the bad stuff he do, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like God, God didn't hold that against him. And God did the one good thing he do, you know what I'm saying? And now he gets to heaven. And I just feel like that's the same thing in our Christian walk, bro. You could be righteous. And, and I think this in Ezekiel 3, but don't quote me. It's in Ezekiel though. If you write me, I'll find the exact text. But I think it's Ezekiel 3, where God talks about how you know, you could be righteous all your life, but then if you end your life being unrighteous, bro, you, you're not going to go to heaven for that. You know what I'm saying? In the same way, you could be evil all your life, but you can repent at the end of your life. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be counted towards you going to heaven. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And and David is actually a prime example of that because David, I feel like, I feel like David's sin is big, right? But I think it's, I think the result of it is is like it gives credence to it being super big. Like I feel like the good deeds that David did blows his bad deed way out, out of the water, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Like fighting Goliath as, as a child, you know what I'm saying? Like saving Saul, you know what I'm saying? Like restoring the ark, restoring Jerusalem, all your military conquests. I think I think those things blo- even what you did for Mephibosheth, bro, like even what you did for Hanun. Like all mm-hmm. like if we if we if we were to summarize all of David's good deeds, I feel like he's done way more good than bad. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, he started off good and then go on bad. So it's like this the, the last thing we remember, like, and it's hard to look past. We have to we have to go back in our mind to remember you being good. You feel me? <laughs> I don't have to go far. You was bad just yesterday. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta assume that you ain't turn over a new leaf mm-hmm. and you just actually gonna be bad for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, so I know, but I, I I do think I do think that this is actually showing how ungracious people really are. You know, they ain't nobody giving them grace. No, not at all, man. <laughs> That's really what it, it is. It just had me thinking. So 
yeah, I just decided to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, so it definitely good insight. So let's see, getting back to the word, right? In verse 11, And David said to Abishai and all his servants, See now, my son, who came from my own body, seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite? Let him alone and let him curse. For the Lord has ordered him, and it may be the Lord who will look on my affliction, affliction, and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. Hmm. And as David and his men went along the road, Shimei went along <laughs> the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went, threw stones at him and kicked up dust. Now this man was passionate. The king and all his people who were with him became wary, so they refreshed themselves there. I'm just like, but I share determination. Yeah. No, he had time today. He had a lot of time. Shimmy, I had time, bro. Oh, you you ain't getting away from me. Because it's one thing to like, I just want people to think about it. David and his men are walking along, I guess, the side of wherever this is. Right? Mm-hmm. On the hillside. And Shimmy, I walking opposite them. Throwing rocks. Cursing. Kicking up dust. I would be... Very, I'd be very annoyed. See, mod. that's annoying if anything, bro. Like you could be mod, right? But you annoying, you heckling me. Essentially, that's what you're doing. And you're I, coming out your way. It's yeah. a prolonged thing. Too. <laughs> think about you. You walking down the road, right? You like you trying to defuse the situation and think. And for me, that was that was annoying me even more. Mm. Like you're trying to do the good thing, right? Yeah, bro. But you really just poking my buttons. Yeah, bro. Like you want me beat you up or something, bro? Like you want me making exam. Like, you begging for it at this point in time. Like, you make your point, you know. Yeah, you told me how bloodthirsty I was. Yeah, yeah, you you assault me or whatever. But now you follow me, you know. Anyway, by the grace of God, David had a good outlook because he said, maybe God doing this so that I could pass the test so that he may smile on me, you know. David was like, I'm willing to see what God might say. Yeah. <laughs> Even through this man cursing, let me see, you know, God could use a donkey. Shoot, he could use shimmy eye. This guy is sure I can like a donkey. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Meanwhile, in verse 15, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem with Ahithophel. Mm. And Ahithophel was with him. And was and so it was when Hushai, the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, that Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king. <laughs> Long live the king. So Absalom said to Hushai, is this your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? <laughs> so Hushai said to Absalom, no, but whom the Lord and his people and all the men of Israel chose, his I will be, and with him I will remain. <laughs> he got on his words too. He got on his words too, right? But I just had me thinking, bro, who anoints you to be king? If you'll be king of Israel, he's saying like, you know, who the Lord chose. I'm like, well, you know, one choose you. Yeah, but that's what you got to say, though. I get you it. You got to say no, that. I get it, but it's yeah, something yeah. thinking too. Like, bro, what, like, how you think you have the authority? I don't know. I don't know, bro. Like, to me, this man, arguing like, he is not an issue. Like, like, he don't know how this work, bro. Like. Exactly. See, and that might be, I ain't trying to be funny, but that might be, it's Mumi's side. I was thinking <laughs> it too, you know. I was thinking it. I said, no, nah, I can say it. It's his Mumi's side, bro. He just spent so much time. <laughs> In gesture, yeah, ain't no telling what there's bad influences. Yeah, ain't no telling what there's putting in this mind, bro. Like you, you deserve to be king. Yeah, bro. 
Yeah, because he come back on one. Like, he sit down for two years, all this marinating, and he like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's time for me to take this. Mm-hmm. Bro, the only way you can be king is if you kill your daddy, bro. That's the only way. Mm-hmm. Man. Because the Bible don't come out and say he's trying to kill his daddy. Not yet. They don't talk about that yet. But David had to say it. Yeah, he's trying to take my life. Yeah, he's trying to kill me. That's why David had to leave, bro. Like, <laughs> Man, it's kind of sad. The only way you could be king, you got to kill your own father. Bro, why, bro? Like, what David do to you? I think it's really... I think it come from Absalom because, like, brothers and sisters, this man is not even David's oldest child at the moment, bro. Mm, that is true. Because he was, he, was, he was number three. He was number three, bro. Like, you understand? Like, number bro, he, two immediately left when number one got killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, bro, this guy, on, he on some other stuff right now. Like. Oh, my. So, right? da 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 uh, in verse 19, furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served in your father's presence, so I will be in your presence. Then Absalom said, uh, eh, eh, his name has always stopped me. Ahithophel. Ahithophel. Give advice as to what we should do. Then Ahithophel said to Absalom, go, in your father's, go into your father's concubines, whom he has left for your, whom he has left to keep his house, and all Israel will hear that you are abhorred by your father. Then the hands of all who are with you will be strong. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on top of the house, and Absalom went into his father's concubines mm. in the sight of all of Israel. Now the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one who had inquired at the oracle of God. So it was the advice of Ahithophel, both David and with Absalom. Right. And so that's kind of what I was alluding to last episode, that Ahithophel wasn't just like a regular wise man or man of counsel, bro. Like, this man was so good, it was almost as if this comes straight from the advice of God. It was almost as if he was a prophet. How wise this man was, right? But now you can see this man ain't, and I think they make the distinction, it's almost as if he was a prophet. Like it was almost as if this was coming from God because it wasn't coming from God. And you know, you can see that because what he's instructing Absalom to do is not of God. You understand no. what I'm saying? And so I was reading uh, Patriarchs and Prophets mm -hmm. and in Ellen White's commentary, she was mentioning that Ahithophel knows that Absalom can lose this battle, right? Mm -hmm. And that David will forgive Absalom. David would not try, because it's a wise man. Mm -hmm. He knows that David is not going to try to kill his king. So mm -hmm. even if David wins the battle, he's not going to try to kill his son. Mm -hmm. But who he will kill are the people that betrayed him, mm -hmm. namely Ahithophel. And hold your part. I just want to give mm -hmm. some context for people, right? Mm -hmm. So what with, with Ahithophel told Absalom to do, is, is is more so than just immoral. In the eyes of the people, you just committed treason. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You did something so abhorrent that David almost can't forgive you. You almost put yourself beyond approach and forgiveness in, a, in Ahithophel's eyes. You're doing this thing now. 
you sleeping with the concubines. I mean, they, you know, they say go into right now. I try to keep it PG, but he slept with the concubines. Right. You know what I'm saying, and and he and he made it a, a, a spectacle so that everybody everyone would can know, see right. what's doing. So this is serious thing. So fifth of all, saying, yo, guess what? If you lose this thing, I know for a fact, David saying, buddy, all y'all who was on my side, we in hot water. So I trying to put as much animosity between you and David. Right now, so guess what? David almost cannot forgive you, and it could be he come if he come back, he trying to kill you, and he, and he could kill all us. Or you just have so much more to fight for to try to win. Right. So, so all right. So, the act of sleeping with the king's wives, concubines, mm -hmm. is a is a statement you're making that you are the king or you are taking his throne. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, like that is an outward um, symbol that you are taking the throne. Basically, you know. That's, it ain't even that, oh, um, I wanted to make my dad mad. No, I want people to know that I am king and I am bigger than king and I ain't scared of the king. So I'll take what's his, right? And David left 10 concubines. We, we read that in the, I think the, the last chapter and he would sleep with them out in the open. And so the commentary what Ellen White was providing was that Ahithophel did this so that you could look at it. You could, you could, so that David can cast the blame on Absalom in the event that this goes south. Not that Ahithophel is a traitor, but that Absalom is the biggest traitor because of what he did. So that's kind of to your point. Mm -hmm. So Ahithophel, uh, Ahithophel was trying to basically wash his hands, clean up the soap. So Ahithophel could have told Absalom to do anything else. And David could have said, uh, and if it went south, David would be like, oh, Ahithophel um, told you to do this, right? But... There's nothing no one can do to tell you to sleep with my concubines because that's now on you. Because even if someone suggests that, you went ahead and do that, that's a bigger crime than anybody who, who suggested that to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so that was Ahithophel's way of providing a little insurance. But you don't think Ahithophel is sick, though? Yeah. No, Ahithophel... Okay, so if we if we believe that in last episode I mentioned that there is a man in 2 Samuel who I believe this is the same person they're talking about but I'm just saying many biblical scholars believe like right, right. many many like. many right so there's a Hithophel in 2 Samuel in the 20s somewhere that has a son named Eliam and Bathsheba's father's name is Eliam mm -hmm. so it is it's, it's like I want to say it's like 70% possible that this Ahithophel is Bathsheba's grandfather and I believe that's his her grandfather and so because of that, it's not even that he's sick, you know. It's that he 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 have a vengeance, bro. Like That's what he's, he have to like, get against you telling, David. You telling Absalom to do something, right? That you better so you're willing to say, okay, yeah, my granddaughter might have been violated. But now you're saying, okay, I gonna put countless other women through this just to prove a point too. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying, bro. Just sick, bro. Bro, just see, bro, he bro bitterness, bro. See, see, then this the thing. You know, like how they say, like, um, Casualty of war, quite literally. Right. That's 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 what this is, bro. So he, David is saying that. No, Ahithophel is saying my granddaughter is the shame of the nation, bro. Mm. She look at as the harlot in Jerusalem because she committed adultery against her husband. Granted, she didn't have no say in this, right? Mercy. But it is the optics of it is that she committed adultery and had her husband killed and now she married to the king. That's just messy, bro. And, and, and all of this was David's doing, right? So you bring shame on, on Ahithophel's family. And the whole time, I is your, I is your chief's 
Yeah, you're a wise man. <laughs> right. And, you and then my son is one of young men. Mighty, mighty men. Mighty men. You one understand what I'm saying? Yep. And so David is like, David, he don't care who, who he cutting off, who bridge he burned, who daughter he sleep with, who granddaughter he sleeping with right now. So Ahithophel was like, all right, I could bring shame to you. You get these concubines who you care about? No, 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 no. I can let your son have them. And you can see the shame that you bring on my family. And that still ain't enough. Because mm -hmm. I still want you dead. You understand what I'm Mercy. saying? And that's how mad hit the fella is. That he have a vengeance. You know? And so basically this, this plot right here is to get Absalom to do something that's so sinister that potentially David might not forgive him for this. And if David, and if David do win the war, Absalom is the person like that he's going to be most upset most about. Most upset about. Like, it's it's kind of like the devil though. It's like the devil will tempt you, tempt you, tempt you to do. It's like when the devil with Adam and Eve. This is a prime example. Um, what's it called? She she say if you she say we can't eat of the fruit, we can't even touch it. Mm -hmm. And the devil's like, no, but you're touching it now. I mean, it's too late now. You might as well eat. You feel me? Like, and that's me paraphrasing. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But. He was saying, so like that, that's a lot of devil is like, he tempt you, he tempt you, tempt you to do this one thing. And then when you do it, he leads you to believe, oh, it's too late for you. And the funny thing about it, like, funny thing, interesting thing about it too, right? We see, <laughs> what gets me is like, Absalom, but like, if I saw something like, how I get to this? <laughs> I try to, how I read it the first time was like, all right, yeah, so what we should do about Hashai? Should we trust him or not? Mm -hmm. You're talking about sleeping with people. Like, hey. how, how we get here, bro? Yeah, for true, for true. Like, we see, I was like, okay, cool. Like, by trying to actually, like, okay, for why? Like, okay, bro, you think we should trust him or not? Like, what you think we should do? You know what I think? I think you should sleep with your father concubines, bro. Like, <laughs> no, like, no, for real, like. But guess what, though? Abishai, I mean, what's his name? Ahithophel, his word is so proven that even though you might think this is nonsense or this is irrelevant, it's, it will behoove you to, to listen and do it. But I think I can still ask questions because you ain't God. You ain't a prophet. That's true. But who says we see, but my thing Absalom ain't really care about prophets. See, but, right, true. But then at the same time, if this person have a reputation, bro, this, my daughter used to listen to you and my daughter was so successful. I might not know, I might not, this might not make sense to me, but I ain't you. You feel me? I ain't the guy who who no one for giving the best advice. You feel me? And at the same time, he might have wanted to do that too. That no, might, he ain't put up no hesitation. That's, that's what I'm saying. You do it openly too? I just read like, bro, how you get here though? And then remember, God did through Nathan the prophet, well, Nathan through God, mm -hmm. prophesied that David slept with this man's wife privately and yep. David's enemies would do that openly. Mm -hmm. There's so much prophecy when Nathan prophet. Anyway, when 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 Absalom, when we get more later to Absalom, mm -hmm. we 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 could go back to to the prophecy and just recount how everything actually unfolded. Right, and the prophecy is in what's the 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 eleventh chapter, the twelfth chapter, Psalms, um, Second Samuel chapter twelve. All right, so we go to. 2nd Samuel 17, we got about, what, 30 verses? I think we got this in this time frame. Not the whole job, though, for sure. All right, then, so let's yeah. see what see, see we could do. Mm -hmm. Moreover, Hithophel said to Absalom, this is kind of a continuation of 2nd of Samuel 16, Now let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight, mm. and I will come upon him while he is weary and weak, and make him afraid. 
and all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. Hmm. Then I will bring back to you, bring back all the people to you. When all return except the man whom you seek, all the people will be at peace. And the saying pleased Absalom hmm. and the and all the elders of Israel. You see this man say he can go and kill David himself, right? Mm-hmm. That's a personal vendetta, bro. Mm-hmm. This ain't a warrior, bro. Think about that, bro. You ever see the wise men or the counselors in these movies? No. They don't I mean, be yes, athletic. That, they don't yeah. be athletic. They no. don't be strong, bro. Like Chubby. Chubby, fat ball head a lot of times, bro. These men ain't no fighters, bro. Like, but I'm not saying that there, there, there's a world where he could have been yeah. the whole his own. He could have been a good fighter or whatever. But why you? Why you, bro? Like, why you? F- and then I think Absalom, all of them think this is a good idea because who got the guts to be the one to kill the king? And this king is a, is a trained warrior. Tens of thousands of men on his belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, that sounds like a good idea because Absalom ain't trying to fight this man one-on-one. No. You know? I uh, ain't want that smoke. So now, and it's, and it's so interesting too, like, they say his words as good as God, but we see how we just spewing foolish advice and nothing he's saying is of God at all. So I just want to like... No, but out. see, but this is my thing. His advice, it might actually be good advice, but evil advice. You see That's what I'm what saying? saying? But yeah, right. like not of God. Yeah, advice, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But I, it might not... Like I was talking to the foolish point. Mm. Because they go on with this... It might actually be like, but you know what, that, that do make sense, bro. If mm-hmm. I sleep with all these concubines, I will make a statement. You understand what I'm yep. saying? If you go out there, you're probably going to be successful. You understand? And, and, and I can tell you why I say that mm-hmm. um, when, when, we, when we get to Hashai, when we finish with Hashai. So we see Hashai in verse 5. Then Absalom said, now call Hashai the archite also. And let us hear what he says too. And again, my phone was like, bro, how do we, we get there? Right, right. How do we get there? And, and, and when Hashai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him saying, Ahithophel has spoken in the manner, shall we do as he says, if not speak up? Hmm. So Hashai said to Absalom, the advice that Ahithophel, I really don't like his name, has, has given is not good at this time. For, said Hashai, you know your father and his men, and they are mighty men. Hmm. And they are enraged in their minds like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war and will not camp with his people. Surely by now he is hidden in some pit or in some other place. And it will be when some of them are overthrown at first that whoever hears it will say, there is a slaughterer among the people who follow Absalom. Hmm. And even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore, I advise that all Israel be fully gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba, like the sand that is by the sea for multitude, that you go to battle in person. So when, so we will come upon him in some place where, that, where he may be found and we may fall on him as he draws, as he falls on the ground. And of him and all the men who are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, he has withdrawn into a city. Then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city, and we will put it to the put it into the river until there is not one small stone found there. So Absalom and, and all the men of Israel said, The advice of Hushai the Archite <laughs> is better 
than the advice of Ahithophel. Yeah. For the Lord had purposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on, Ipsal- on Absalom. Right. So now watch this, right? David say, turn his counsel into foolishness, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, whatever counsel he give, make it just turn into foolishness, mm-hmm. right? So he give good counsel, right? But someone come and upstage him, so it make his counsel look like foolishness. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, and even, even in this text, it say, um, the Lord had purpose to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel. Mm-hmm. So Ahithophel was cooking, right? And I believe... Hushai realized he was cooking too. Oh, of course. So he had to create a diversion. He had to put some extra sauce. He had, to put, he had to put the whole seasoning. He had to put every, he had to put all the herbs and spices into that because exactly. at the end of the day, you, if if you if you on David's side, right? If uh, uh, Hithophel was was talking, if his plan wasn't gonna work, you would have just let it go. Mm-hmm. You would eat. You would have egged them on. Yeah, yeah, do that, do that, do that. You know what I mean? So that they could lose. Mm-hmm. But no, you realize. Let me say something to to change to change the whole trajectory. This. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, for real. Because you're saying making sense. They are weak right now. Mm-hmm. But he flip it. Yeah, he flip it. Oh, them. They modern and rich, but mm-hmm. you roll up on them, it ain't going to be good for you. He, he, he tell them too much sense. He told you he was talking too much sense, bro. Mm-hmm. It was too much sense, bro. Because he's like, bro, if you all lose, bro, this ain't going to be good, bro. You understand <laughs> what they say? We can't risk. We can't risk that one, bro. Mm-hmm. But I hit the fed. He was on a personal vendetta, bro. I want. Wait, you want to granddaughter? Real dog. I want to kill David. What is Bathsheba saying all this? I have Bathsheba no clue, speaking bro. Of her, like, I, I was... Like, are you on the run too? Are you still there? Right, you know how messy this is, bro? Your grandfather trying to kill your new husband. Your daddy low-key working for your new husband. That's what he was doing mm-hmm. this whole time. You know what I mean? Oh, what if the fellow feel trying to kill his son? I don't know. Because right now, like, <laughs> your son cool with him. Bro, yeah. sit, sit, your, sit down. Sit down, bro. <laughs> like, chill out. Sit down, bro. Man. I know. So, then Hashai took Zadok. And Abathar the priest, thus, and so Ahithophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus, and so I have advised. Now, therefore, send quickly and tell David, saying, Do not spend this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily cross over, lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up. Now Jonathan and Ahimaaz, you know, their, the sons, they said, stayed at in Rajel, for they dared not to be seen coming into the city. So a female servant would come and tell them. It's like an elaborate spy network at mm-hmm. this point. <laughs> and they were, the priest and <laughs> Everybody in on it. At least the priest doing it for the righteous reasons. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, y'all even, even y'all being a little shady right now. <laughs> oh my. And so the female servant would come to them and tell them. Would come and tell them and they would go and tell King David. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom. But both of them went away quickly and came to a man's house in Bar her room, the same place where, you know, the other guy was, who had a well in his court, and they went down into it. Then the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground and spread ground green on it. And the thing was not known. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman's came to the woman at the house, they said, where is Ahimez and Jonathan? The woman said to them, they have gone over the water brook. 
that when they had searched and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. Now it came to pass after they had departed that they came up out of the well and went and told King David. And David said, Arise and cross over the water quickly, for thus as Ahithophel advised against you. So David and all the people who were with him arose and crossed over the Jordan. By morning light, none of, none of them was left who had gone over the Jordan. Now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, mm. he saddled a donkey and arose and went home to his house, to his city. Then he put his household in order and hanged himself mm. and died. And he was buried in his father's tomb. <sighs> yeah. Sad. Well, I don't even know, but I mean, it's sad that he just went out like that. But it's like, you can see, again, it kind of goes back to your point. Like, you see, the personal vendetta, it ain't gone his way. You say, guess what? Well, in my wisdom, I know you ain't going to win this no more. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess I could just take my own life at this point right. because I know it could be eventual either way. Yeah, he know he was going to get killed because he knew Absalom was not going to be successful in this journey anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, ben David went to Mahinam and Absalom crossed over the Jordan. He went and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the army instead of Joab. <laughs> Joab got demoted. <laughs> this Amasa was the son of a man whose name is Jethro, an Israelite, who had gone in to Abigail, the daughter of Nasa, sister of Zeruah. Hmm? The daughter of Nahash. Nahash, sister of Zeruah, Joab's mother. So Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. I thought Zeruiah was a man this whole time, but okay. So, who had gone into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash? So this, Joab's so, mother. Yeah, sister. I trying, I trying to do the math right now, but anyway, that's David them family. Still, <laughs> okay, like a real behemoth. Yeah. David them family. Yeah. Now it had happened when David had came to Mahanaim that Shobai, Shobi or Shobai the son of Nahash from Rabbah, of the people of Amnon, Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodibar, and Brazilii, the Gileadite of Rogalim, brought beds and basins, earthen vessels of wheat, barley, and flour, parched green and beans, lentils and parched seeds, honey and curds, sheep and cheese of the herd, for David and the people who were with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. And that's the end of chapter 17. Yeah, very eventful stuff, bro. But as you can see, Ahithophel fell. I don't know. He... <laughs> yeah, but his, you can see his, he had a personal vendetta against David, obviously. And he knew that it was only one way. He knew it was only one way to actually succeed in his plan, but it would have taken Absalom to actually oblige. He wanted to strike while the iron's hot. I mean, the funny thing about it, too, is it's just so interesting because I'm like, okay, you wanted Absalom's blessing to do this, right? Why didn't you just go on and do it? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what, the man wouldn't have follow you into battle and I guess since the Hushite uh, I already said what he said. Uh, what do you say? What do you mean was again? Hushai? Hushai. Hushai. <laughs> Call him the Hushai. <laughs> Since Hushai already said what he said, he already, he already put fear in the hearts of the people to go fight against David. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, y'all already been so emboldened. Y'all got the city. Now why y'all scared? Because y'all clearly wasn't thinking about David back then. Hmm. 
And I think they would have won too because David ain't into nothing right now. David ain't into nothing, bro. He really is on his peace journey. Oh, <laughs> I guess it's my time. Right. <laughs> I guess the Lord wants me to go. Okay, Absalom. I think, quick. I think the only way they would have they would have actually lose if they had went and tried to attack is if God, you know, intervened. You know what I mean? Like, because I mean, obviously God don't want that in his in his will. But David ain't trying to fight, bro. Mm-hmm. David ain't trying to fight, so they had an advantage if fighting was the was the option. But yeah, they fumbled the bag, I mean, and I hit the fell, bro. Like it just see, it just got to show, bro. It's just like Balaam. Mm-hmm. It's just like Balaam, dog. Like Balaam been getting a lot of shine in our recent episodes, right? But I say it because I hit the fell and Balaam. They remind me each other, and that's. And I was trying to make that point last last chapter, but I didn't want to like spoil it. So David, but I mean Balaam was described as a man who, if you bless them, they bless. If you curse someone, they curse. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And Balaam was topped in with God. Mm-hmm. We don't know if Ahithophel was, but we know that his his counsel was as if it came from an oracle of God. Mm-hmm. You understand? His counsel was almost as if you come from, you came from a holy man. You know what I mean? So this man, he was. Above average, bro. He was something special. But the problem is, he was still secular, right? Mm-hmm. And that was his downfall. When when it came down to everything, he didn't rely on the wisdom of God. You understand what I'm saying? His wisdom was cool, but his wisdom ain't godly, bro. Mm-hmm. And that's only gonna end in destruction, bro. And you could be for your whole life, bro. You could be, you could, you could get it right your whole life. But if at any moment your wisdom leads you to go against God or against the people of God, that's going to cause you destruction. And that's what Balaam was doing as well. Balaam was trying to curse the Israelites, the people of God. And God tell them specifically, these my children, bro, they set apart, bro. No. You know what I mean? But because of his ambition, because of Balaam's ambition, he still tried to went through it. Ahithophel had ambition of his own, which is why he felt comfortable to go against David. Now, the man ended up hanging himself, right? Sadly, imagine if David allowed his ambition to get in the way of him and Saul. Imagine how that would end. We would have David in the same boat ahead of fell, bro. There's a man who, who content in his heart to go against God's anointed. It's not going to work. All the wisdom you got, bro, you couldn't see that? That's because you don't fear God. I think Proverbs would say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yep. You feel me? So this man, right? This man, he act foolishly. Mm-hmm. This was foolishness at the end of the day. And so, yeah, it's just interesting, like how God even had Hashai to be in that predicament, right? I say in God, right? Because think about it. As Absalom, you already don't really even trust Hashai, <laughs> but yet you asking his advice when your most trusted advisor just give you a foolproof run. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't ask Hashai. Anything when he came to like, oh, but I must sleep. I'm sleep with these women. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what you think? But I think I should do this. Mm-hmm. No, he went and did it. When it come to this, he was like, oh, what you think I should do? And it's like by the grace of God that Hashai was said to talk him out of doing it because if he only had Ahithophel's counsel, he would not know other voice for reason not granted. Ahithophel and lead him down this wrong path. <laughs> Plus, I mean, it's like we give Ahithophel credit right now, but. Most of this plan was Absalom to begin with, because if Absalom never took the leap to rise up for them, even 
tried to usurp the throne when Ahithophel would have had no one else as to speaking. So he's going to try to go to the house of Saul. Hey. 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 You should try. No, but plus, you have no following. So it's just interesting. And even at the end, too, what I like that David had some friends who provided some, like, food. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going through a rough time right now. Like, right now, like, shoot. A bunch of warriors ain't helping me. I ain't even fighting. I ain't even putting up a fight right now. I got my men to feed, but I don't need no more warriors. I don't need no big, strong, you know, bulky guys to come fight with me. But you know, I do need I do need some food and some water, mm-hmm. some nice little cheese. And they would have to provide help in the time of need. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, good friends are good. Help them around when it's time. And then think on, on the note of friends, right? Mm-hmm. Hushai in, in, in the last episode. Everything was going by. David was on, on the Mount of Olives walking around barefoot, sulking. Hushai come with him sulking too with the earth on his head. like he, his, his clothes torn. And David was like, all right, bro, it can't be too much sad people around here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I need you to go back to Hebron or wherever Absalom mm-hmm. is and be in his council, bro. Whatever you hear, spread a word. Just relay it back. Just relay it back. But Hushai play his cards right. That's how you know this was true God. This was God sent him. And, you know, God was orchestrating everything because Hushai say everything. Hushai play his card so good that, like, you didn't even have room to suspect him of being a double agent. Exactly. You, you Even though you were suspicious about it, <laughs> the moment you become suspicious, um, Ahithophel say something, give you a bright idea to sleep with your father's concubine so that distract you the whole time. And the next thing you know, Hushai was around so long, he only could be trusted now. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so you give him the opportunity and Hushai speak, he spoke correctly. He tell you everything you needed to hear and you went with his idea. And that led to the destruction of Ahithophel and his plan. Yeah, I don't know the end of this episode. Yeah, I don't know. I like, I don't think we got to have like a deep sermon. No, I don't think we got to have like, It's just interesting. Like overall, like what do you think was the biggest takeaway from this episode? So the way we start this episode on faith, we talk about what you have faith in. Mm-hmm. Ahithophel, his faith wasn't in God. <laughs> Not at all. His faith was in himself. His faith was in his vengeance. His faith was in his bloodlust. That lead to his destruction. This is a wise man, bro. This man as wise as as he is, he's wise to the point where people consider him to be some somewhat like a prophet, bro. Like an oracle of God. I, I never even hear somebody say that in the Bible, bro. Like, that's the first time I think I came across that phrase, bro. Oracle of God in the Bible, bro. Mm-hmm. But this man was not an oracle of God, bro. He probably was an oracle of him, himself. You know, oracle of philosophy or whatever the world um, education that they teach you. You understand? Like you can read, we probably we can read all type of books, bro. We can read all type of books to be wise, to be financially responsible, to be health conscious, to be self-help, bro, to believe in yourself, bro. So much of that, bro. But if we excluding God, bro, it is going, it is not going to be fruitful for us. That's that's the bottom line. Ahithophel was wise, bro, but his wisdom was outside of God, so it became foolishness. foolishness. There is a way that seems right to Amman, but the end leads to destruction. Ahithophel's ambition led him to commit treason, but it would have all been worth it if it had been executed correctly.
Unfortunately for him, Absalom was convinced to follow the plan of Hushai, a plan that was sure to fail. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Thanks once again for tuning in to another episode. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.